I, I mean, it's inevitable. Trump was very good for business for the media because everything he did was so ridiculous and or depraved. But, of course, the full reckoning is, is, is not yet in. And the uh, hearings into what happened on January the 6th are entrancing much of America, not Fox News viewers, um, who are... Uh, Rupert Murdoch doesn't think that they should be shown much of the <laughs> evidence that is unfolding at the January the 6th. But I thought we would get Simon Marks to make sure that you were up to speed with everything that's going on. And it is quite a circus, Simon. It is a circus. And I must tell you, James, that Fox News actually did cover yesterday's dun, dun, dun. hearing and told their viewers that the evidence that had been presented at it was devastating for former President Donald Trump. And there's no question that that is the case. I mean, there were some extraordinary revelations contained in uh, the witness testimony provided by Cassidy Hutchinson, this now 26-year-old former top aide to then White House Chief of Staff uh, Mark Meadows, whose literal proximity to events in those last few weeks of the Trump West Wing uh, was such that she could walk from the office where she and Mark Meadows worked to the Oval Office down the corridor in what she estimated was Five seconds. So she's absolutely a witness to events that took place inside that White House in the run-up to uh, January the 6th and the aftermath uh, of the uh, insurrection by Donald Trump's mob on Capitol Hill. But, and it is an important caveat, I mean, I know we live in a post-truth world uh, and the entire Democratic Party establishment here is absolutely swooning, convinced that yesterday's testimony represents a smoking gun. But an enormous amount of what she said yesterday, if this was a court of law, would be tossed out as hearsay because despite that literal proximity to Donald Trump, she wasn't a direct witness to many of the claims that she made. And remember that the only two Republicans serving on this committee are dissidents. They're anti-Trumpers uh, who have been ostracized by their own party, which officially is boycotting these proceedings. And as a result of that, is unable to cross-examine any of the witnesses uh, that appear or any of the evidence that's put into the public domain. For example, yesterday, Liz Cheney played some pretty dramatic police radio traffic from the morning of January the 6th, in which police were identifying members of Donald Trump's crowd that they believed were carrying weapons. Morning one, make sure PPD knows they have an elevated threat in the trees outside of Constitution Avenue. Look for the don't tread on me flag, American flag face mask, cowboy boots, weapon on the right, right side hip. I've got three men walking down the street in fatigue, carrying AR-15, copy at 14th and Independence. Three men walking down 14th Street and Independence. That's right in the center of the city carrying AR-15 assault rifles. Deeply alarming, obviously, if that was actually the case. But there was no opportunity for anyone to dig deeper and find out whether that was an initial report by police or something that actually happened. The testimony regarding it uh, from Cassidy Hutchinson related to the fact that Donald Trump and the Chief of Staff Mark Meadows 
Rose knew that members of this crowd were carrying weapons and knew how dangerous they were. She testified uh, that uh, in the in the uh, 48 hours leading up uh, to the January 6th insurrection, she knows that Mark Meadows was told by uh, security staff uh, that the evidence suggested that members of the crowd would be armed. Here's what she says happened. Mark was sitting on his couch and on his phone, which was something typical. And I remember Tony just got right into it. I was like, sorry, I just want to let you know and informed him, like, this is how many people we have outside the mags right now. These are the weapons that we're known to have. It's possible he listed more weapons off that I just don't recall. Um, and gave him a brief but and concise explanation, but also fairly, fairly thorough. And I remember distinctly Mark not looking up from his phone. Her testimony was that Mark Meadows, the chief of staff, really hadn't expressed any concern over the fact that members of the crowd were armed. And indeed, on the day, she claims, that Donald Trump wanted security staff to stop scanning members of his crowd for weapons. He wanted metal detectors removed because so many people were not being allowed into the venue where he was going to make that inflammatory speech. And he was, of course, being Donald Trump, worried about crowd size. But again, take a careful listen to what she says here. I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Take the effing mags away. Just to be clear, Ms. Hutchinson, is it your understanding that the president wanted to take the mags away and said that the armed individuals were not there to hurt him? That's a fair assessment. Devastating stuff, right? But if you go back to the beginning of that answer, it was pretty heavily caveated. I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I heard the president say something to the effect of take the mags away. That's not exactly the same as sitting down in front of that committee and saying, I heard the president ordering the Secret Service to stop scanning members of the crowd. But it clearly has built the case that Donald Trump knew that members of this crowd were armed and knew, therefore, that they might pose a threat uh, to police and others inside the Capitol building, including, of course, former Vice President Mike Pence, once he directed them to head up to Capitol Hill. And that seems to be the legal case that uh, Liz Cheney particularly and others on the committee, of course, uh, are trying to build. So, I, I mean, just to clarify a couple of things, everybody giving evidence is, is from the, the Republican side of of, of American politics, even though the only two Republicans on the committee are, if you like, rogue. These are all people linked to, to Trump's administration or part of it. Yeah, not, not quite the case that every single witness is a Republican, but, but certainly the star witnesses are absolutely Republicans who, in the case of Cassidy Hutchinson, have either broken with Donald Trump right. uh, or, in the case of other figures from whom we heard last week, uh, said that, you know, they adhered to their oath of office rather uh, than uh, agreed to be invaded to join what they viewed as a non-constitutional plot to overturn the outcome of the election when President Trump tried to get them to join it. And 
I, I mean, I know what Donald Trump will say about this. If he hasn't said it already, he'll say he's got no idea who she is and also that she turned him down, that he turned her down for promotion or, I don't know, romance or something like that. But Are what, you guessing or have you read that? You, you've, you've read what he... You, you well, read no, I haven't you, read it, but you don't <laughs> need spot to. spot on. You, yeah, of course. <laughs> What's Mark Meadows said? Uh, Mark Meadows is refusing to testify before the committee, right. and that is why Cassidy Hutchinson is such a tantalising witness for members of the committee, because they believe that having provided more information about conversations that she says Mark Meadows uh, witnessed, and also her own conversations with Mark Meadows, they are putting pressure on him to testify. We also had an extraordinary moment yesterday uh, when Michael Flynn, the former National Security Advisor, absolutely a disgraced figure in Washington, yeah. DC was asked uh, on videotape uh, whether he agreed that in the United States uh, the Constitution calls for the peaceful transfer of power. Uh, it's a tradition of America that there should be a peaceful transfer of power. He pleaded the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination. That's grief. like asking someone if James O'Brien is on the radio Monday to Friday, 10 till 1, yeah. and then you plead the Fifth Amendment against self-incrimination rather than answer, uh, answer the question. So, uh, you know, it may well be that Mark Meadows, uh, were he eventually to be dragged before the committee, starts pleading the Fifth, which would look very bad. Do you, do you want to get to the, the limousine stuff? The, yes, absolutely yes. I do. I mean, so, uh, again, you know, lots of headlines being generated by these claims that were made by Cassidy Hutchinson yesterday on the witness stand. Let's take a listen to them. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Engel. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted the story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. Now, just to be clear, she didn't witness that incident herself, mm. uh, nor indeed was it personally witnessed by the man who was describing it to her. So this is hearsay based on uh, an account from someone else who wasn't actually in the car when this allegedly happened. Late last night, the Secret Service says they have uh, two agents who are willing to testify under oath that that episode did not occur. They will testify to the the fact that Donald Trump wanted to go to the Capitol, but we all knew that because Donald Trump told his crowd that he was going to march with them to the Capitol. We all just thought that was a lie, and he hightailed it and went back to the White House. Mm. In fact, it would seem he was prevented from going there because uh, at the time the crowd was already getting pretty, uh, pretty sparky up on Capitol Hill, and the Secret Service deemed it too dangerous for him to travel there. But as to whether he was sitting in the back, you know, I mean, you're in the back even of the SUV version of the presidential limo and and i mean a 75 year old obese american president lunging for the steering wheel i mean i could barely lunge for the steering wheel from the back seat of my car i'll, I'll be i mean so did this actually happen uh, the secret service agents are willing to testify that it did not and yet in the post-truth world in which we live it is of course splashed across the front pages donald trump 
accurately last night uh, among the various inaccuracies that he offered about Cassidy Hutchinson. Mm. She's a phony, she's a third-rate social climber. Accurately, he described her as bad news. And there's no question that for him, she was very bad news. Well, what about the witness tampering allegations? Yeah, well, the witness tampering allegations are uh, very interesting. They were injected into this at the very end of the hearing by Congresswoman Cheney, right. who showed uh, a couple of messages that the committee had received from two witnesses whose identity, for obvious reasons, were not uh, revealed, in which they claim they'd had a bit of a kind of a Tony Soprano approach from yeah. Trump insiders to be told the president knows you're testifying he knows you're loyal he knows you're going to do the right thing after the hearing Democrat Jamie Raskin who's one of the lead Democrats on the committee uh, told reporters they are absolutely digging into this well the evidence of witness tampering um, that the committee has released are the two episodes that the vice chair uh, cited today anonymously for obvious reasons um, it's a crime to tamper with witnesses. It's a form of obstructing justice. The committee won't tolerate it, and um, we haven't had the chance to fully uh, investigate it or fully discuss it, but it's something on our agenda. Absolutely no question that that has the potential to be a big problem for the former president and people around him because they are, as you heard there, beginning to build a possible case of obstruction of justice. What happens next? Well, uh, we all go and enjoy July the 4th, James, because mm. it's a holiday weekend here and the fireworks will uh, dominate our attention. Uh, I think there are some questions about the timing of this hearing. It wasn't due to take place. It was hastily announced uh, and it's possible to imagine that the committee felt that last Friday's uh, dramatic Supreme Court ruling on abortion had rather stolen the committee's thunder in the public mind. Suddenly the major topic of conversation on everybody's lips shifted so I think they wanted people to head into the July 4th weekend with a bit more uh, meat to talk about with regard to Donald Trump. These hearings are going to stretch on until September. It seems pretty clear that the committee is trying to build the case for uh, the Department of Justice to take uh, action against Donald Trump personally and members of his inner circle. But look, I would point out that the clock here is ticking. We've got a date mm. with midterm elections in November. If the Republicans, as currently looks likely, triumph in the those midterm elections, the work of this committee next January comes to a crashing halt. It is not axiomatic that the Attorney General Merrick Garland is going to agree to take uh, legal action against Donald Trump because that obviously would be uh, a politically seismic step to take in the middle of midterm elections here in the United States. And I would simply point out that in Colorado last night, hours after this hearing ended, one of Donald Trump's most loyal supporters in Congress, Congresswoman Lauren Bobart, the woman who uh, insists on carrying a pistol wherever she goes, even in Washington, D.C., was easily re-elected in uh, an election race uh, there, beat off a primary challenge from a more moderate Republican. So, you know, this Donald Trump is, is definitely in more dangerous waters than he was before. Before these hearings began substantially more dangerous in terms of possible criminal liability but this story isn't over until it's over and Clearly. the committee's still got a long way to go who, who would be final question uh, uh, <laughs> possible witnesses who really would change the game ones well, that might turn up and not well, lead the fifth 
Yeah, I mean, I think she definitely changed the game yesterday, yes. and we don't know what else the uh, committee has up its sleeve. I should they... stress that a lot of her testimony was first-hand experience. We focused on the biggest smoking guns, which were closer to hearsay, but a, but a lot of her testimony was um, first-hand, first-person yes. experience. And, and, and was damaging, particularly yeah. in terms of that early testimony about this knowledge that Trump had, that his crowd had weapons. I mean, she absolutely established mm. that. Um, the uh, committee definitely now wants to hear from the former White House counsel, the top legal official at the White House, Pratt, uh, Pat Cipollone, uh, because there was evidence yesterday that he was deeply alarmed about what Donald Trump's plans were on January the 6th and was advising Mark Meadows and others in the White House that they needed to lawyer up because they were going to face potentially some extremely serious criminal charges after the events of January the 6th. Mm. That Inside the White House, the president's daughter, I Ivanka, was among officials who persuaded him to put out a video message the day after finally conceding the election, saying that his supporters a defiled democracy in America because they were worried that Mike Pompeo and others in the cabinet were talking about invoking the 25th Amendment and ousting Donald Trump from power. Now, again, Ms. Hutchinson had no first-hand knowledge mm. of those cabinet conversations, but the idea that uh, that video was made basically under pressure from Trump insiders who worried about the path that they suddenly found themselves on 15 days before his presidency came to an end is definitely something the committee is going to want to dig into and last last bit i promise melania trump's former P uh, pr person yes revealing a little text exchange <laughs> which is pretty grim as well isn't it <laughs> it is pretty grim yeah stephanie grisham uh, also a pretty dr discredited character here it has to be said uh sent a text but, but, but to the te there's no suggestion that the text exchange isn't real no, no, no suggestion at all. I highly likely, I mean, I, no indication that it's not a real text from Stephanie Grisham to her boss at the time, uh, First Lady Melania Trump. Uh, actually, I think by that point, Grisham may have been Director of Communications at the White House. She had so many hats, it was hard to follow. Mm. But she clearly texted Melania Trump to say, do you want to put a statement out on Twitter saying, peaceful demonstration is fine, but violent demonstration is absolutely not, and we need to uphold uh, the traditions of the country, to which the one word answer from Melania Trump came back, no. So that put paid to that. Indeed it did. Simon Marks, as ever, absolutely sparkling, cramming so much into the available space for which we are incredibly grateful. Simon Marks, of course, LBC's Washington editor there, bringing you up to date with developments at these remarkable and continuing hearings in America. Raging Trump had to be stopped from joining Capitol Riot is a headline that the Times newspaper in this country chooses, and significantly without any quotes anywhere in that headline. Uh, the, the stuff that has been established, and as Simon steered us through, stuff that has been alleged but not necessarily established. 12.51 is the time.